what I really remember was the humor. Mm-hmm. And I have so many, like when I think back on that time, we were dealing with like so many heavy things. And I really remember the humor that we were able to hold, which kept us sane. Mm-hmm. And also like the real care that we had for the people that we were working with. You're listening to the Woman Inc. podcast. Woman Inc. is a San Francisco-based nonprofit that has been serving the city and larger Bay Area since 1978. We support survivors of domestic violence and their loved ones along their healing journeys, bridging value-rich networks designed to address intersections of violence. Okay. Hey, so I'm here with Dr. Argelia Gomez. Yeah. Argelia, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is now Dr., but originally just <laughs> Luz Argelia Gomez. And I am currently on the support line as a, as an advocate. But I have been with Woman Inc. since 2007. Long history. Yeah. Very long. Can you share a little bit about, like, you outside of Woman Inc.? Sure. So I'm a mom. I have two beautiful daughters. And I also just recently graduated with a with a PsyD, so a doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and which was, by the way, inspired by me working at Woman Inc. Hmm. And I am currently a postdoctoral fellow working with uh, dyads, so parents, caregivers, and children who have experienced trauma. And I'm also a professor in a master's level clinical program. So fancy. Yeah. Not always, but now. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And I guess I should introduce myself. Yeah. My name is Shana. I work with Women Inc. And currently I am living in occupied Duwamish territory, aka Seattle, Washington, as a master's in social work student to graduate this year. So I'm very excited about that. Um, My focus is in community-centered integrative practice. I am a cat mom, most recent, a newish cat mom. It'll be a year this upcoming April. So that's exciting. (laughs) And yeah, avid coffee drinker, beer enthusiast. You're mentioning things I didn't think about like, oh yeah, I'm coming from stolen Ohlone land. I am also an avid coffee drinker. And I love Moscow mules. Oh, nice. (laughs) And sangria. Yes, we have all of this in common. (laughs) I I look forward to the days we can go get all of those things in person. Hopefully soon. Yes, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Okay, cool. Well, 
maybe we could start with this is a big question, but maybe if you can share what your history with Woman Inc. is, starting from the top, I guess. Sure. So I, I remember super clearly this. I graduated San Francisco State University in 2007. I think it was like June. And I had always really wanted to work at a community agency, but didn't know how to get into one. And I had two children. And so I really needed to make money to be able to live, you know, and pay rent in the Bay Area. And I saw an ad, I guess on Craigslist. Um, And it was like right after I had graduated and I applied and I was interviewed and I was interviewed by Jill and Lucia. And the ad was specifically looking for like someone to be a case manager for the Latina program. So working with monolingual Spanish speaking survivors. Mm -hmm. And I applied I was not Woman Inc.'s first choice. Whoever they offered the job to before me didn't take it for whatever reason. And then they offered me the job. Oh, wow. Well, and they were never sorry. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> They're lucky to have you. And here you're still here. I'm so here. And I was really lucky to find Woman Inc. I think that it really matched my worldview. And Mm -hmm. I learned, I mean, I learned a lot from working at Woman Inc. And then I came in with a worldview that Woman Inc. just added to. And so I was very fortunate in that regard. So I started with them in 2007 uh, as the case manager. And then in 2010, I left to to start graduate school. I mean, I I still stayed on on the crisis line. But I left the in-office 40 hours a week work. Were Woman Inc. values what brought you to the organization? Or is that just something you discovered fit once once you were there? If I'm being honest, I was just really excited to be able to work in the field of DV. Mm-hmm. And wasn't really clear about what their values were at that time. But mm-hmm. knew what the work was. Knew what they were asking for. And I felt like, sure, I meet those requirements. And it was really after when I understood their values, like I was so fortunate to have found that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And now you and Lucia are like really good friends. Yeah. Lucia and I, who's a doctor, a medical doctor now. Oh, we got another fancy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it felt like a very vibrant program that, that we put together. We were running groups. Lucia was doing outreach and I was doing the case management. So it was really phenomenal. And there were so many things that it came together in my position at Woman Inc. And I was able to do so much more. What I'll also say is that the time that I was working at Woman Inc. and the things that I learned, I was able to carry into graduate school. Mm -hmm. And when I started graduate school, I found that a lot of my peers, had no idea of the things that we had already been trained in. So Ina at that time was running anti-oppression Tuesdays. I think that's what they were called. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ina. Yeah. 
IMAT. So then we, that's where I really got a deeper understanding of oppression, systemic racism, how systems are involved in the impression of hum- of peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she really broke it down in these weekly trainings or monthly. Tra- I don't even know if they were weekly or monthly, but so I was introduced to a lot of concepts at that time. And I do think that woman gave me that foundation. I, I can relate to that. Um, for, yeah. for people who don't know, Ina Moon is amazing and yeah. um, oversees our therapy program. Well, has in the past overseen our therapy program. Um, but mm-hmm. now Woman Inc. partners with Solid Ground Psychotherapy, which is a collective she is a part of. And I I really relate to that. I feel like um, being with Woman Inc. really helped shape my worldview um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like introduced me to a lot of concepts I hadn't put together yet, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe I felt, oh, so there's like a language for how I'm feeling about this. And they also introduced me to the concept of transformative justice, which I had not heard of before taking the training in 2014. Yeah. I I think super similarly, um, it also gave me a language for things that I understood like on a visceral level, but not necessarily like on a pedagogical level. Like I didn't understand that there were words that you could use to frame all these ideas that I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> it is the I'm, same way. I mean, but I think that's one of the reasons why Woman Inc. is so amazing. Like it really gave me that foundation. And yeah. not just me, it sounds like you too. For mm-hmm. sure. I attribute a lot of my growth, mm-hmm. both like personally and politically to, to Woman Inc. I also think like Woman Inc. really gave me a platform for the activism yes. that I had wanted to participate in and had on occasion participated in. Mm-hmm. But it was such a part of their way of being that, you know, we would get days off to go and march. And I just thought that was so special. Yeah. And I, again, that how fortunate I was. And it spoke to their values. Yeah. So I guess the second question kind of, you've already touched on it, but I was just going to ask like what your reflections are on Woman Inc. and your experience. Maybe are there some memories that you treasure? I honestly feel like it was such a special time and working there was such a special time. And I have so many fond memories. I was there when Mickey was there and Mickey had been a longtime advocate and she unfortunately passed away while I was there. I think when I started, Mary was still a volunteer. Oh, wow. Honestly, to be honest, what I really remember was the humor. Mm -hmm. And I have so many, like when I think back on that time, we were dealing with like so many heavy things. And I really remember the humor that we were able to hold, which kept us sane. Mm -hmm. And also like the real care that we had for the people that we were working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like I remember a call and also I remember like being exposed to all these new concepts that I wasn't familiar with. Mm -hmm. So there's a, like there was a joke running around when Troy, Troy was there at the time and it was Jill, Troy and I, and we all used to take turns answering the phone and someone said that they were pansexual, but I, it was a term I had not heard before and then I didn't hear it properly. And so then I asked, when I hung up, I asked, what's pansexual? <laughs> and they laughed at me and they were like, no, girl, that's not, that's not what they said. Yeah. So I really, I mean, I really remember the sense of humor and the sense of community that existed, especially for the agencies in the mission. If you said that you worked at Woman Inc., they'd be like, oh, yeah, we send people to you all the time. We used to table at all of the community events. I I also think that when I think of Woman Inc., I think of a time and the agency as part of that time mm-hmm. that doesn't exist anymore. The mission has changed considerably since then. Mm-hmm. It, it was already changing. And so it has changed so much. And of course, we're no longer in the mission. So, and we were in the mission. So I, I do think about that. Mm-hmm. I also think about like how much trust other other community agencies had in Woman Inc. to be able to help the, the people that they would refer. Like we were really, there was a lot of trust in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for... For listeners, if you're not familiar with San Francisco, the Mission District um, is a highly gentrified part of San Francisco. I think just within a few years period from when I had moved there in 2010 to maybe 2014, the prices to live there went up 300% and only continued to skyrocket. And historically it was like a working class immigrant Latinx community, right? And a lot of those people have been pushed out since. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the the vibrancy of the neighborhood that called people there, Mm -hmm. but the culture is changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I also think at the time that I was there, Roberta, I forget her last name, but Roberta was the director Mm-hmm. of the agency and I remember when I got into graduate school being really excited but being really concerned that I didn't have a da- I didn't have a laptop at all so I I actually didn't have a computer at the time I had my work computer and that was it and Roberta gave me her old laptop oh wow yeah she gave me her old laptop I still have it and it was a laptop that I had for a while um, until my oldest, like she saved up money and, and purchased one for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she did that. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, so I have a lot of very good memories attached to Woman Inc. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things 
that I'm most grateful for was sort of this ability to be able to work with, um, I mostly worked with women. So the women that I worked with to really help meet their needs, like including their legal needs and the amount of work that we put into U visa applications was amazing. It was like right at the start of the U visa applications being available. So the U visas had just gotten passed. Mm. Can you share a little bit for people who don't know um, what a U visa is? Yeah, so a U visa is a special visa. So basically, it's a pathway to a change of status from undocumented to documented. But in order to be eligible for a U visa, you have to like not be a resident or a citizen. You have to have been the victim of a serious crime. And then there are codices that describe what a violent crime is. But domestic violence falls under that, uh, one, that definition of crime. And then you have to apply for a U visa. And if you're granted a U visa, and that includes receiving a letter of cooperation from either the police department or the DA. And then if mm-hmm. you're granted your U visa, it's a pathway to citizenship. One of the few ways that exist. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really important piece of the work that we did, especially working with the community that we were working with. But there were other aspects of it, like we helped people who were potentially being trafficked, not necessarily sex trafficking, but they were being labor trafficked. Right. So we helped people with that and we connected people with labor agencies in San Francisco. For the average listeners, is there something that you want the like the people to know about survivors and survivorship? I do. I I think that I definitely want people to understand that staying in a in a violent relationship that people stay for a lot of different reasons and that it is not helpful to say that if people say it's because they like it, because that's not true. So I, I really want people to begin to think about like all of the mechanisms that keep someone in a violent relationship, even when they want to leave. So some of the, some of the some of the like societal mechanisms like inadequate housing um, or not enough housing or not enough affordable housing or fear of being turned into immigration, which was, which is a very real thing still or simply not having the funds to be able to leave. So I think that what I want people to know about survivors is that there's a desire to leave and a lot of barriers that keep people in danger, in situations that they know are dangerous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm also Mm -hmm. interested in exploring though, well, you can, opt out of this but I I think a lot about how doing this work is like healing yeah I mean so I will also say that a lot of times we're driven to the work because of something in our own experience Mm -hmm. and I feel comfortable at this point of saying that I grew up with violence in my home Mm -hmm. and I think that I think that there was so much of it that I did not understand and I did not understand the mechanisms in place 
and I didn't understand like the real harm that it caused. And not only to my mother, who was the, the one being aggressed, but also the harm it caused our family and my father, even though he was the aggressor. And this is not one of those situations where I'm saying like, we should, you know, oh, poor him. He didn't have a choice. He had choices. Mm-hmm. And he didn't take the choices that he had. I also learned that, well, he was a horrible partner to my mother, but he was good to my sister and I many years later. And I think that healing came that way for me and like understanding that I didn't need to demonize him. I don't think we ever talk about the complexity of surviving domestic violence. I think it's easy to demonize people who use abuse because it makes, one, it really allows us to create distance. The reality that sometimes people who use abuse are family members, neighbors, friends, that coworker you might like a lot. I'm trying to like disrupt this whole good versus bad dichotomy. I mean, but but that is something that does very much exist or existed in the field of DV, which was also this idea that you had to leave the relationship in order to remain safe. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that, Mm -hmm. but I'm interested in other ideas of maybe not remaining in a relationship, but for example, of how to co-parent with safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm interested in ideas like that. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that's all, all I have. Um, I wanna leave space and see if there's anything else that's coming up for you that you think you'd like to share um, with the audience before closing. I think more than anything, just to express what a what an important agency Woman Inc. has been in my own personal development and understanding of the world and how thankful I am for the training that I that I received there. I think that's really important to me. They hold such a special place in the like in my own development as an adult. And I do think that being at Woman Inc. has made me like a better parent. And it's made me a better partner. So I feel like I have a lot to be thankful for. Well, I love Woman Inc. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. Thank you. Um, yeah, we met at Woman Inc. So. Absolutely. And we had <laughs> lots of skincare conversations. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I miss also <laughs> the skincare conversations. Absolutely. And then, like, the conversations about more serious things, like politics. And as we were saying, like, yeah, can you have chivalry and feminism at the right. same time? Can they coexist? <laughs> I don't and think also, we have the same answer. And also friends. No, we didn't have the same answer. <laughs> but, you know, there's, I think there's like 20 years separating us. So. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so there's a generational piece in there as well. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But also... So we, who am I to determine what works for someone else in their relationship? Not, it's not for me to do. I mean, and I think maybe that's also something that Woman Inc. has taught us. Like, if it's healthy and consensual, 
you know, how can we decide? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as it's healthy and consensual, I really don't have a problem with you. You could be into some real weird stuff and I won't <laughs> yuck your yum as long as you're not harming yourself or other people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, I think um, that closes the interview. Arhelia, thank you so much for your time this Monday evening. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to edit this. Well, thank you for inviting me, Shana. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye, audience. <laughs>